Alrighty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And week number eight was put in the books last night with a uh, very embarrassing effort from uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. The line, once again, a disaster. And, you know, full exhibition uh, on how much they missed Jamar Chase last night. Cleveland gets a big win. Nick Chubb shows you how great a running back he is. And we're off to week nine, Wiz. How you doing today? Yeah, trying to take in uh, these flurry of trades that uh, have taken place uh, in the last couple of days, including today. Just uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff going on. A couple of guys that, you know, I would have sworn uh, would have definitely been dealt, and that was Brandon Cooks and uh, last night's running back from the Cleveland Browns, uh, Kareem Hunt. But those players are remaining in place as of today. Uh, in fact, uh, looks like Brandon Cooks was a little angry uh, that he was seems like from his texts, from his tweets today, that uh, he expected to be traded. He's not. He's talking about honesty. Um, so that could be a messy situation. Still kind of watching this further. Uh, add to the fact that Wiz this week, six teams are going to be off. So that's the first week we're going to be contending with that. You've got players moving around, uh, some some of which are surprising. Uh, it, it's rare to see in-division trades, but we saw a big one which affects uh, the Minnesota Vikings. But they obviously got some bad news on, on Irv Smith Jr., and uh, – the aspiration for the Vikings are pretty high at this point in time, given the start to the season they got on. So let's let's get right into uh, the players that have moved, uh, where you think, uh, or uh, where we think, uh, perhaps the best value lies, uh, and 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 situations that kind of what could evolve from this. So T.J. Hawkinson, you know, to me, I was I was surprised that that player was traded. Um, Uh, in division from the Lions to the Vikings. Uh, You know, he moves to an offense that wants to throw the football uh, and doesn't have anybody in his way at the tight end position now, Wiz. Yeah, that situation is even, you know, is right back to where it was with Boone, Latavius Murray, and Gordon. Now it's Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, and Gordon. Um, you know, some of these trades are made based on um, money contracts and, um, rather than player personnel. The only player whose value I think clearly went up today based on the trades is TJ Hawkinson, probably going to a more, uh, you know, potent offense, a confident offense. Um, you know, with those receivers, they should get a lot of room to operate. Um, so, I think T.J. Hawkinson's value and probably uh, well with that comes Kirk Cousins. Probably value went up a little bit. But uh, with some of these other trades, it, it's very difficult to say. I, I will say the biggest winner, hands down to me, of the day, the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Miami Dolphins, you know, from start to finish of the day, I'm just looking what they did with the two trades. They ended up trading a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and Chase Edmonds, and they got back a fifth-round pick, Jeff Wilson, and Bradley Chubb. Yeah, That's you- a monster, monster day, especially for a team who who needed so desperately a player like Bradley Chubb. So I thought, you know, like the Vikings getting Hawkinson was, was fine, and the Bills made some acquisitions getting Naheem Hines, and, but clearly Miami has Super Bowl aspirations and that trade uh, is going to really help them get there. I mean, I think uh, they they were a contender based on their offense, but now getting Bradley Chubb, 
I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like that puts them right below, in my opinion, Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big trade. Um, Bradley Chubb is an outstanding player, has had some trouble staying on the field. I think the bigger problem still in, in with the Dolphin defense is the secondary, which has been extremely vulnerable. Uh, we saw that in the first half against the Lions, where the Lions just chewed them up in that half, but but Bradley Chubb is it, it bring, brings a different presence. I do believe you know we're we're also talking about a team that has Raheem Mostert who's evolved into the number one running back, uh, but a player who's often injured. And I don't think if you if you're Mike McDaniel, a you you know that Jeff Wilson's available after the trade of uh, Christian McCaffrey. B you know the player because you've had him in your system uh, when you were with the San Francisco 49ers. And if you look at the physicality, the difference uh, in the way. Wilson runs and yards after contact. Uh, you know, he's Wilson has over 500 yards rushing already this year. Wiz, you know, I, you know, we make a big deal about it, but he's on. He was on his way to a thousand. You know, Elijah Mitchell getting hurt, of course, but he was on his way to a thousand yard rushing season before that McCaffrey trade. And you know, I think he'll give a little bit of a harder edge that Chase Edmonds is not able to give you. Um, and I think Wilson's a, also an outstanding pickup and a player that that. McDaniel knows very, very well. Yeah, I mean, the familiarity with those two organizations. And, uh, yeah, they're bringing the band back together again, Mostert and Wilson. And uh, it's it's a good combination, different type of, of backs, you know, Mostert with that speed and the breakaway ability. And like you mentioned, Wilson, um, uh, the hard-nosed guy, and, uh, you know, can get some of the tough yards. So um, it's just loving everything Miami did today, to be honest. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Uh, the other the other player that was talked about a lot, we talked about him, uh, Chase Claypool. And uh, the curious part is the price that was paid. You know, Chicago had two, as a result of the Roquan Smith trade yesterday, they had two number uh, two picks in the second round. They traded their own, which is going to be a worse pick than the one that they acquired from the Baltimore Ravens yesterday uh, for Chase Claypool. The price seems extremely high. Uh, I know Claypool was a second round pick, a thousand yard receiver in his rookie year, but hasn't really been able to find his way in the last 18 months off to a slow start again this year. Maybe he finds new life. I think the one thing that you and I have both talked about, and we'll talk about it in Waiver Wires too, is there's some renewed life in, in Justin Fields as a fantasy quarterback and as a, as a regular quarterback. Um, definitely running him a little bit more. Um, and I think you know Chase Claypool brings another dimension to a receiving core that's badly in need of a second, uh, a second wheel to, to Darnell Mooney. Uh, so I think an interesting landing place for Claypool um, Calvin Ridley, who won't be a factor this year because he's still being suspended by the NFL, was moved by the Jackson, sorry, to the Jacksonville Jaguars from the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, he's been nothing but a headache really for the Falcons between his strange absentee, uh, I guess, with some mental illness that he was dealing with last year, and then the gambling stuff on top of it. And then the last guy, Naheem Hines, um, who gets moved to the Buffalo Bills from the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Zach Moss goes to the Colts, a little bit more of a, of, of, a, of, a, of a running back, backup. I know Deion Jackson's there as well. And, uh, you know, Hines is really strictly kind of a receiving presence out of the backfield. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they're going to use Naheem Hines as a wide receiver. And I don't mean like a running back who catches passes and, you know, and, and, and they split out wide. I, I think he's going to just line up. I think they're going to really use him, line him up as a wide receiver, um, 
with you know Singletary or Cook on the field at the same time. So I, I think they'll use him. I mean, you know, they kind of like want to just get rid of Zach Moss. And the Colts, I think, happy with Deion Jackson uh, being the backup to Jonathan Taylor. So uh, it certainly doesn't hurt the Buffalo Bills getting another player on the offensive side of the ball uh, to to go along with uh, Josh Allen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems in that case the rich get richer. Yeah, I guess the one the, the one thing that I've seen like kind of in the Twitterverse just today is uh, you know people kind of puzzled why the Green Bay Packers didn't do anything. Obviously, they're dealing with a shorthanded uh, receiving core, but you know again they chose to stay pat. But it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, Wiz, let's move on to uh, let's move on to waivers for this week. I mentioned that the start of the podcast is going to be six teams off this week: the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, San Francisco 49ers. Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. So there's some prominent fantasy players there. And again, I you add to this complexity. I'm dealing with in one team where I have rostered Naheem Hines, um, Wilson, and Edmonds. Yeah, you know, again, you need some depth when the bye weeks come along. I don't know if any of those players are going to be ready to go as quickly as this week, but we'll see what happens. But let's get right into it, Wiz. And uh, I'll start us off at quarterback. I mentioned at the top uh, Justin Fields, who's been playing better. He's still available in a lot of leagues. I'm actually contemplating cutting Justin, cutting Tom Brady to play Justin Fields when I have some bye week issues ahead. I think they're using him in a, in a different way, the way they're running him. He's become a much more consistent force. He's also passing the ball with, with, with some more consistency, moving, moving around a little bit more. Andy Dalton looks like he's the clear-cut guy now in New Orleans, so if you need a guy for a bye week, that's a, that's a place to look. And, you know, Tyler Heineke continu- continues to show moxie uh, whenever given the opportunity, Wiz, and he does have some offensive weapons in Washington. Yeah, those guys short-term for this week, you know, with all the bye weeks, make perfect, perfect sense, I think, uh, for this week. You know, if you are unhappy with your quarterback or you have a quarterback on a bye week, I think um, Justin Fields and Mariota are probably the priority pickups. Um, I know they're off this week, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is available, I would recommend him as well in long term. I think when they get Debo back uh, – you know, for the first time in a long time, that 49 offense, you know, the word explosive could be used with Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And now certainly last but not least, Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, you know, short term, Mariota and Justin Fields and long term, um, probably Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I'd say this was too. I mean, I know your Vikings are off to a really strong start. Obviously, the Eagles are undefeated. We talked about both of those teams before the season started. Uh, I, I felt that the Eagles were the most improved roster in all of football, and that's definitely playing out that way. But when you look at the Niners, even though they're four and four, to me, that's the scariest four and four team in football. They're, they're probably the second best team on, at least in my opinion, in the NFC at this point in time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think. Um... I think the record does not indicate how talented the team is. They're, they're, they're a different team now with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he just brings a completely different dynamic. And, you know, once they get ahead of you, that that defense is that defense is better than the Vikings' defense. So the Vikings only have one loss. Uh, and the standings, you know, say the Vikings. Uh, but I agree with that. You have to look at this thing realistically. And the, the Vikings have a terrific record, but – some of those games were very, very close. Um, you know, winning most of the games by 
by just a few points, um, you know, one-score game. So I think the 49ers are only going to get better and better as the season uh, progresses. All right. Well, good stuff. All right. How about it running back, Wiz? What's, uh, what are you looking at this week in terms of pickups? Yeah, I mean, it looks, it, you know, it looks pretty scarce to me. Um, you know, Foreman had to be a guy that has to be rostered. Um, now he was just absolutely tremendous. Um, last week, uh, so uh, you know, looking at the running back position, the the only thing I could say is, um, you know, looking at the the Pittsburgh situation to me, oh. I mean, I, I just have to assume that whoever has uh, Najee Harris, I know the Steelers are off this week. Um, I'm just talking about long term. You know, Jalen Warren seems to be eating into more and more of the playing time of Najee Harris. So that's a player that. You know, they're on a bye week, so probably people aren't looking at, but that could be a sneaky pickup long-term. In terms of short-term this week, I mean, you have to, you know, take into consideration bye weeks and trades that just took place. So uh, it really makes things even a little bit more interesting. Uh, So I don't think there's anybody outstanding this week who's going to be available on the free agent wire. The only thing I will say uh, is, um, you know, maybe a player that's, you know, been hurt, uh, like, um, you know, the uh, the 49ers are off this week, right? And uh, what's his name? Oh, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and injured, right. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. Um, he may be available in some leagues. And now Jeff Wilson gone, he becomes the direct handcuff. So someone like that. But as far as like available for this week, I don't really have any creative ideas at running back. What, what about you? Yeah, so there's two guys I kind of have my eyes on as, as potentials. No, number one, I, I'm not sure what happened at the end of that because uh, I was asleep by the time it happened. But the end of that Baltimore Raven game with Gus Edwards. Um, so I'd keep an eye. If Kenyon Drake is available, that's something that I'd kind of look for. I agree with you completely, by the way, with Warren, because he, he right now he looks like the player uh, with way more, way more spark. I, we talked about this player last week, and the usage was very confusing to me, even though I hate this offensive line. I have no ownership in the Rams at all this year. Uh, aside from in one league, I have... Uh, Higby is my only Ram that I own uh, in any of the leagues. I think I may have their defense in one league. But um, that running back situation is a complete mess there. And Karen Williams has been talked about. So if he's drifting around still, uh, it's one guy that that I would just uh, mention to see if he gets activated uh, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, the reason I didn't even mention Kenyon Drake is I just feel like when Dobbins went down a couple of weeks ago, he was had to have been rostered. So if he is available, Kenyon Drake or Justice Hill uh, make a little bit of sense uh, as well. Uh, I haven't seen any news on Edwards, but, you know, with a hamstring injury, that's always tricky. So kind of like have to see uh, how, how that one uh how that one plays out. And I have a feeling as far as the Rams situation, I was surprised like we didn't see a Kareem Hunt for like a fourth round pick to the Rams. The fact that they didn't make the trade, I just think like if there's a guy from here on in um, for the Rams, it's going to be Kieran Williams. I just feel like watching Daryl Henderson, they're just, <laughs> they're like just ready to try someone new. You just watch it as an, un, an un, you know drafted free agent 
out carries him last week in a game that they desperately need against the 49ers, it's an ominous sign that uh, I think they're they're sick of Akers and Henderson. Yeah, no, no question about it. No question about it. So, yeah, I just thought worth mentioning. All right, so let's move to wide receiver. I only got a couple of names. The one that kind of stood out last week after the performance against the Falcons, who uh, they'll match up against uh, uh, in a couple of weeks again, or next week, I believe it is. And, um, you know, he was a big disappointment last year. Uh, but Terrace Marshall, uh, LSU, uh, had finally had a big game as a pro. Uh, Robbie Anderson's added away. P.J. Walker looks like he's got some confidence. Um, that's a player that's going to be on almost every single waiver wire. Uh, that's one that stands out. Wiz, I'm actually kind of shocked in how many leagues that I've witnessed, uh, including the one that we're in, uh, where Josh Palmer was available on a waiver wire this past week. Um, I see it in a couple of other leagues where he's still kind of hanging around. I don't know if we're ever going to see um, Keenan Allen back to normal this year. We know Mike Williams is going to be out for an extended time. Uh, Palmer was off last week. He he was concussed the previous week, but uh, you know, a couple of weeks should should he should be back on the field. And to me, he's 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 available in way too many leagues. So um, those are the only two receivers that I thought were noteworthy. I had more to discuss if, in the event that Cooks got moved, but that doesn't seem to be the case at this point in time. Uh, that's all I got at receiver was. Yeah, Terrace Marshall is a, a good trivia question. Who was the third receiver on that LSU offense after Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson? Um, and yeah, he he played well. And yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he looked well. I mean, I, I noticed in some leagues that I'm in that people kind of like gave up on Rondell Moore. Um, yeah, and he was dropped. Um, yep. So that's a player. Um, let me ask you a question, though, Wiz, on, on Rondell Moore specifically. Um, just the way they use the player. See, I, I'm just, I, I can't, it's very difficult for me to watch. You know, Cliff Kingsbury was kind of touted as this offensive genius, but he's shown me none of that in this league. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I agree. And, and if there's a league, whatever, he's a guy that, you know, I would consider. I think he plays well off of Hopkins. So that's a player that I would, you know, would be looking at. Uh, as well. Uh, another guy that is interesting is I know Adam Thielen got banged up. So if KJ Osborne is available in your league and you want him, you know, you certainly would like to be part of that offense. And you see, you know, maybe a bad injury update that Thielen may miss a game or whatever, but KJ Osborne was one of the best three, you know, third receivers in the National Football League. So if he was to get uh, an opportunity of more playing time, I think he would make the most of it. So I think, you know, that, that's kind of I'm with you that it's kind of it's kind of limited. Those are the guys, but you have to see like after these trades, um, what it looks like. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I got a wide receiver. All right, well, let's move on to the tight end spot, Wiz. Uh, I reckon you got a couple of names up your sleeve on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if people want to believe in Dolchik, um after two weeks ago, I mean, he was terrific. Caught some big plays up the scene. He only had a few catches, but, you know, some of those were big plays. So maybe he's a forgotten guy in your league because the Broncos are on a bye week. <clears throat> I recommend him. With the injuries that the Jets got going on a receiver and there's Elijah Moore situation, it just seems like his real comfort level as far as Zach Wilson's current concern is Tyler Conklin. So I gotta come back. Um I gotta come back to that player. So those are the two guys that kinda like 
that'll stand out to me. I know Logan Thomas is available in a lot of leagues and he came back and he did absolutely nothing that this past week. So I'm, I'm not really ready to recommend him. I'm not sure what your view is on him. So Dolchik and Tyler Coughlin to me, two players that stick out at that position. Yeah. Conklin, I, I gave up on him after a hot start. He kind of faded away and I kind of gave up on that. Uh, but he looks to be uh, rejuvenated the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I don't know what the situation is at this point in time with Darren Waller. If there's something more going on here than just a hamstring, I, I don't know. Um, but Foster Moreau, uh, you know, we've talked about that player a lot. And, and and maybe some owners have listened to that advice that we kind of gave out a few weeks ago about uh, about rostering that player uh, to protect you there. But uh, he is still available in a number of leagues. And, you know, you and I, we have ownership in, in the league that we're partners in uh, of Mark Andrews. And I didn't like the way that injury looked. Uh, we haven't seen them get on the practice field yet for this week. Isaiah has likely stepped in. A guy I talked about before the season started, he had an outstanding preseason. Uh, but, you know, if this is something that kind of lingers and likely is going to make uh, an impact uh, on, in fantasy circles if, uh, if, Andrew's, if Andrew's injury kind of hangs around. Yeah, if you remember when we did our analysis for the Thursday night game, neither one of us really had an opinion on the game. But I made a point to mention that even if Andrews played, that I was going to key <clears throat> likely in my fantasy lineups for the Thursday night showdown. I did, and I did pretty well on the Thursday game. I made a few different lineups, and uh, he was absolutely terrific. So, yeah, I think kind of the Moreau-Waller is kind of parallel to this Andrews-likely situation where <clears throat> that player becomes a priority if you own Waller or Mark Andrews to get either one of those tight ends. And I say on top of that, with with likely, with the fact that uh, Bateman is now going to be out for, it looks like for a couple of weeks, it doesn't seem like they're IRing him, but uh, they have a bye week coming up next week. But he could miss a couple of games on top of that. Uh, but you could see a lot more 12 personnel from, from the Baltimore Ravens as a result of that. Yeah, they, no, they want they want to use him and like they could kind of use Andrews as an inline tight end and kind of split likely out in the wide receiver. He kind of looks like Darren Waller a little bit uh, in, in the way he plays and he's got that kind of movement and speed. So you could definitely see them uh, both being on the field at the same time. I'd be surprised if the Ravens didn't do that with your point, um, uh, especially about uh, Bateman, you know, not going to be available for several weeks. So. Uh, with or without Andrews, I think likely uh, is someone that you have to consider picking up a tight end. All right, fantastic. All right, that's a that's a wrap for Guru and Wiz as we uh, get kickstarted here in week number nine. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, again, hopefully you're following, subscribing, uh, just trying to help everybody out as we move along the season here. Going to get a little stickier with the injuries and the bye weeks, and uh, that's what we're here to help with. So, Wiz, uh, enjoy your night. We'll talk later in the week, and uh, good luck with everything. Yeah, you do the same. We'll uh, be back to the Thursday night football game. Yep. See you later.